Commentary Hour. Our theme today is, did we have a cure for AIDS way back in the 1980s? And it was stopped. It was blacked out. It was erased. It was canceled. And I and others were attacked for having succeeded where the mainstream media and the government have been giving just misinformation and promoting toxic drugs. That is our story. But before we show you a multi-award-winning documentary done by a group of independent international investigative reporters. I'm not in the film, but it's about my work. And it's a two-part series, part one today, and it's so long, part two next week. But first, a little background. You're going to hear in a moment a clip from a woman scientist. She'd been a scientist her whole life. Her name is Elena, and she was the personal uh, assistant of scientific research at the Institute of Applied Biology under the director, meaning that if you wanted to do a project, you had to get her approval, she had to review it, and then if she greenlit the program, then fine, whatever time it took, whatever resource materials you needed, she approved. Well, recently, and I hadn't spoken to her in years, recently she called me and she said she wanted to apologize. And I said, for what? And she said, that when she had come to the Institute of Applied Biology, she had an open mind. She believed that whatever the science showed, that's what it was. Good results, bad results show it. But it didn't work out that way for her. Now, downstairs were all the you know, best and brightest from working on cancer research and pain research, etc. I was the guy upstairs doing anti-aging research. She came over and she spent a long time probably four or five hours a day for about two weeks interviewing dozens of people with full-blown AIDS. The 23 medical staff, she interviewed them all. She looked at blood workups with the patient's permission. And then she asked me, could I take your protocol and see if I can duplicate it and come up with the same results at the Institute? I said, sure. And that's exactly what she did. And then the results happened and I was told that they had a 100% cure rate. Ten people over four years were treated with my protocols. I had nothing to do with it. I wasn't, didn't interview anyone. The doctors, nurses did, and they reversed their AIDS completely. And these were full-blown AIDS patients, not just asymptomatic HIV-positive people. And that was it, you know, and I said, good. And she called because she's had multiple strokes, and she has stage four pancreatic cancer, and she felt she's at the end of her life and she wanted to get this off her chest. I want you to hear what she has to say because that's how strong the fear was that there would be a natural and non-toxic approach to dealing with AIDS instead of the toxic chemotherapy such as AZT that had been banned as a cancer agent even for terminal people. And uh, this just shows you how how corrupt to the core the entire AIDS establishment that was following the drugs were. And yet at that same time, and before, in 1974, I was contacted by one of America's 
leading gay physicians, Dr. Stephen Kayes in New York City. And he had problems with some of the patients helping them, and he wanted to know, would my therapies work? So I worked with him over 10 years, 1974 to 84, almost 1,000 patients, and they all got better. And then he used those protocols in his own practice. And then word spread around. So when I started treating people with, with our medical team, I created the protocols. At the Tri-State Healing Center, we had remarkable results. It was 16 months in when we had our first complete cure. And just to let you know how fearful people were in the media of covering a story that might end up being not true, they would send in, like Tony Brown, Tony Brown's Journal, the most popular program on PBS, syndicated hundreds of stations. He would send in someone who would review with the patients their records. And it would take weeks. The same was true with Bill McCreary and, uh, and other, uh, and one, the major African-American publisher in the United States of a newspaper was Bill Tatum. Bill was there constantly and so was uh, a leading uh, African-American journalist and lawyer. And he had a real passion about this because he was close personal friends with someone suffering from AIDS, Arthur Ashe. And he was there, uh, Doug Henderson. So we had a group of, interesting enough, African-American journalists and dozens of African-American physicians who were at the center constantly. The people with AIDS-defining illnesses wanted to have their own support systems. So they came in at 6 o'clock, so 6 to midnight. We had two different rooms packed with people getting the protocols. And I was there almost every night working with them. Never a gown, never a mask, never gloves, sitting, holding hands, because I know it wasn't infectious. Miss of it in being infected was just stupid. In any case, and people like Cicely Tyson, and a close personal friend of mine for decades, uh, was... Uh, was there every time he was in New York, Dick Gregory, and also Stokely Carmichael, and Isaac Hayes. I mean, just lots of people with that within the African-American community came there. In fact, uh, um, Isaac Hayes would bring down a whole bunch of juices. He, he had a driver, and they would bring in a whole case of fresh green juices, even though we had our own kitchen making juices. And we said, that's fine. He was doing his part. Well... We had tremendous success, and they invited me on their show. And Tony Brown had the medical records right there. He said, we've gone through all these medical records, and here's the person, and before and after, blood workup, T-cell count, infectious disease, etc. And he would give them a form. Eight times I was on PBS with people that I, I had helped cure. And, uh, but it was a whole team effort. In any case, we held a press conference based upon David Patterson, then Senator Patterson of New York, who would later become governor. He said, this information has got to get out to the whole community. And uh, so we did a press conference. It took us a year to put it together. There were over 100 people from around the country using different natural therapies who had long-time survival and were healthy. Now, all of them still had the HIV virus, except the 18 that I'd worked with. They were HIV clear. They were totally cured. And we had a whole panel of scientists who were there to review the information, to make sure that there was no one slipping in there who was still sick or still had the HIV virus. 
Not a single member of the media came, yet there were three separate press releases sent out by one of the top PR firms in the United States. How is it possible that no AIDS organization, no foundation, no one within the AIDS community, no doctors, New York Times, nobody showed up? Tell me that that's not planned. Tell me that that's not a a behind-the-scenes boycott. Because Anthony Fauci, same Anthony Fauci, was promoting AZT. AZT was making billions of dollars in profit. Some AIDS organizations were getting huge amounts of money from the manufacturer. And so the idea was attack Gary Nall. And that's what they've done. And for the larger community, they know that that's not true. But they also attack and destroyed Charles Ortlieb and the New York native, the number one gay publication in America, Nina Ostrom, one of the finest journals, journalists anywhere. And uh, they destroyed anyone's reputation, including in the gay community, if you said there's another way to approach it or there are contradictions in what they're telling us. So I did five multi-award winning documentaries on the topic. The first one was called AIDS Real Hero. There was no denial of HIV. In fact, in the document, you see every single person is captioned HIV positive in their diseases. But they all were alive and well. None died. All right? After two years on the protocol. That's before my advanced protocols. But they were healthy. And it's a documentary. And I premiered that at uh, Lincoln Center at the Walter Reed Theater. It was packed. Then I did a press conference. Again, nothing got out. Nothing. So what you're about to hear is comments from a woman scientist who had this been published. I mean, think of it. What institute, what hospital, if you were able to show and prove scientifically to the highest standards that you reversed 18 out of 18 individuals, complete AIDS, healthy, no virus, that would have made headline news. Millions of people would be alive today. But that was all covered up. This is a documentary that proves that. I'm not in it. Don't take my word. You're all Celia Farber and all these outstanding multi-award winning journalists telling you the truth. Pass this on. This deserves congressional hearings. I will testify under oath, as I have in many cases before. I will bring back those doctors, the patients, the scientists. It all still exists. But this is the documentary that has not been allowed to be released. Nobody will touch it. And yet it won more film festivals in the last 12 months than any other documentary in the International Independent Film Festival circuit. Now to the clip of Elena, and then right into the movie, part one this week, part two next week. And one of those studies, and there's two points that you and I discussed last night. One of them was that when you came over to the Tri-State Healing Center on one occasion and you spent hours there with the staff, the medical staff, and the patients, you saw we were getting remarkable results that you had not seen anywhere else with people with AIDS, right? Yes, yes. And so you asked could you have the protocol to see if you could duplicate the results without my direct intervention, yes. uh, just providing the protocol with your own medical doctors? And so I said, yes, I gave you the protocol. You set up an independent study using the exact protocol, nothing more, nothing less. 
uh, a non-toxic, non-invasive, high-dose vitamin C drips, glutathione, etc. And with 10, 10 individuals uh, who all had full-blown AIDS at the Institute, um, over a period of four years, all of those people seroconverted to normal from HIV positive and negative, and all their opportunities to confection were gone. They were completely cured and natural. Is that correct or not? Yeah, it's correct. And I remember very, very, that was a gentleman that uh, he was part of your study and he was still alive a long time after uh, all this AIDS was a little bit under control. From 1981 to 2021, the world has confronted a terrible scourge that has impacted countless individuals with fear, pain, and death. This is the story of the earliest successful treatment for AIDS. If the mainstream scientific community had paid attention, tens of thousands of lives may have been saved. These are the voices revealing the pain, profit, and politics of AIDS. is now the leading cause of death among young people in this country. No one with AIDS has been cured. Diagnosis, AIDS, always fatal. A virus that may be on the move into the general population. We're all scared to death. We'd like to know what the hell we're supposed to do here. You know, what should we do? Should we stay home and lock ourselves back in the closet? Or, you know, what should we do? You can understand the fear when you realize that almost everyone here has lost someone close to him. I lost my best friend, did you? Four years ago. He died of pneumocystis pneumonia. Mm -hmm. And I watched him die. I watched him right, you know, just right in front of me, just disintegrate. I saw no less than eight people completely reverse AIDS. I had never seen this in the medical community in the hospital. We had good results, very good results. In fact, there were some patients that they were absolutely convert from positive to negative. When something this life-saving happens, you'd think that all of the media, especially the pharmaceutical industry, would be very interested to hear what we were doing to help people heal. And these people, according to the records, had seroconverted, had no traces of AIDS or no traces of the HIV virus in their system, which was remarkable. All the uh, medical care that we gave, uh, including supplements, ozone therapy, chiropractic, all the care that was given uh, was given for free, pro bono. They did ozone, they did vitamin C drips. We cleansed their system as much as possible. We did stress reduction. And there are a few people that serum converted. They were completely in remission, and then we continued testing them, and they were completely cured. So in my professional opinion, as a healthcare worker, I think this is a crime against humanity. They continue to pour billions of dollars into toxic orthodoxy approaches. 
and they're preventing other people from healing because of their own greed. Most of the patients treated at the time was with AZT, a very strong antiviral and very, very toxic. People hoped that AZT therapy would help, but the side effects were often extreme and lives on average were only prolonged for a year. We did not prescribe any antiretroviral drugs. They were all very sick with AIDS-related symptoms, and it was wonderful to watch all their viral loads come down and their health improve week after week until we finally seroconverted them. The chronic conditions that go along with AIDS, Kaposi's sarcoma, pneumocystic, Carini, horrible disease, thrush, and all the gut biome issues that happen with these patients, I watched them slowly but surely reverse. We saw all the viral loads come down, the T-cell counts returned to normal. They got on the protocols, they followed the protocols with all natural approaches, not one chemical, not one drug. And I watched all of them completely reverse. HIV positive switched to HIV negative. They became healthy human beings from being at death's door. We had all this information available and that the news media refused to publish this, where this, this therapy could have saved countless lives. And there we were with all of these lab results that showed that these people reversed AIDS. And here's the catch. No one in the medical profession was interested in seeing these results. Hundreds of billions of dollars have been spent on our war against AIDS. The medical industry has focused on antiretroviral drugs to combat the HIV virus. All efforts to develop a vaccine have failed. Ignored and forgotten during the AIDS crisis is a heroic struggle by a small group of physicians, nurses, and healthcare professionals who succeeded in treating 1,200 patients with advanced AIDS. Relying on protocols developed by Dr. Gary Null at Manhattan's Tri-State Healing Center, none of these patients died from the virus. 18 of these patients reversed all of their AIDS-related conditions, regained full health, and converted to HIV negative. In other words, the HIV virus was no longer present in their bodies. Had I not seen the lab results with my own eyes, I probably would not have believed that something like this was possible. At the Tri-State Healing Center, for many, many years, we were able to treat, along with board-certified physicians, nurses, and registered dietitians, um, uh, many, many different medical problems, including over a thousand AIDS-related patients with various symptoms. I've had many people try to challenge me with what I'm about to share with you. Because the time that I was a nurse, both on hands and as a manager, I work with many patients with all different types of illnesses, both terminal and chronic. And one of the most important ones were the patients that had AIDS. Now this was during the 80s, during the big AIDS epidemic. And during that time, AIDS was a, was a death sentence. 
So people would come in with fear and anxiety, and we treat them. We treated them with the only drug we had at the time that was fast-tracked at the time, and that was AZT. And for the most part, I have never, ever, during my time at the hospital, seen anyone either survive AIDS or come to any, any kind of shade of health. And then I found out about the Tri-State Healing Center in New York City. I was very curious because they talk about very non-invasive natural approaches to chronic diseases. And actually I was very skeptical because coming from conventional medicine, from the orthodox indoctrination, I wouldn't have thought that something like that was possible. I apologize for not revealing my name, face, and full identity. I'm merely following the precautionary principle. However, what I will share has been fully documented and verified by multiple sources. It is the truth. For many years, I was part of a medical team at the Tri-State Healing Center on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. We were working with over 1,200 people who were diagnosed with full-blown AIDS. All of the services we provided to these patients was free of charge. When they arrived at the center, most of these individuals had serious adverse health conditions, typical of AIDS symptoms. When we first began with these AIDS patients in this comprehensive program, we would have weekly meetings with the entire group headed by Dr. Null, and we reviewed all the cases. Uh, we did regular blood workups on the patients, monitoring their T-cell counts, their CD counts, as well as their uh, viral load from uh, the HIV virus. We saw all the viral loads come down, the T-cell counts returned to normal, and eventually we had our first breakthrough after 16 months with our first zero conversion from HIV positive to HIV negative. Instead, Dr. Gary Null created drug-free treatment protocols. Our medical staff also offered a limited number of eight patients to follow a more advanced protocol. This required them to come to the clinic five days a week for approximately 16 months. And following that time, we had seven more patients uh, who seroconverted, and none of these patients were well when they first came in, so we just we did it the easy way. Uh, they were all very sick with various symptoms, AIDS-related symptoms. We decided that we would open the doors and allow physicians of all types to come in and see the work that we were doing and observe the benefits that all these patients were receiving during the course of this protocol and the time we were doing this. What was kind of surprising is how few virtually ever took us up on the offer and came in to observe. I do remember one or two that did come in and they were blown away, if you want to call it that, and impressed at the results that we were achieving. It was very hard for them to believe it, but it was in front of their eyes. They couldn't refute it. So I began journeying into New York City after my shift was over. And I did this for about six years. I went back and forth every day. And when I first got there, I was surprised at what I saw. But I will tell you that my whole life changed from that point forward. 
We were getting people in who were as close to death as you could possibly imagine. They had all of them tried all the all the pharmaceuticals, all the antivirals, and, and had failed. Uh, they were getting sicker and sicker. Many of them were near death. It generally took about a year for their underlying conditions to be resolved, and then another six months for their immune systems, including T-cell counts and other immune markers, to return to normal. Uh, one man from California who came in had watched all the people in his support group, which was quite a large number, uh, pass away um, on all these antivirals. More people come into the group and pass away. He came in near death's door also and was we saved his life. We say, and he watched us save the lives of so many others. And um, uh, over the course of time, and it was just, uh, just wonderful, heartwarming, and amazing that we were all able to have this beneficial effect. Every one of these eight patients remarkably reversed their HIV positive diagnosis to HIV negative. In other words, they zero converted at the beginning of the treatment. These patients gave the center permission to share the results of their blood tests, their viral load analysis, and disease status with outside physicians and journalists. I saw Gary in the hallway one day, and I said, Gary, my name is Doug Henderson, blah, blah, blah. I've listened to you for so long. I'm friends with Arthur Ashe, and he hasn't come out yet, but I'd like to be proactive and get him on one of these protocols, if this is true. And the HIPAA laws were different back then in terms of medical records. Now, you can't reveal anything. So Gary took me back in his office. He showed me, I think it was five or six medical records. And it was, it was, a, it was a, not just one medical record, but for each client, each patient, he had after every three months or so, another uh, lab workup done. And so you could see the progression. And these people, according to the records, had seroconverted. A large group of our patients came from the African-American community with AIDS, and we were helping them. And it was so, it was so wonderful that they came back, they went back out to their community, and they started to spread the word. We started to get a lot of celebrity uh, black Americans, the African Americans coming in uh, to help support everything. Dick Gregory, he'd come in and perform for all these people. Um, we had Stokey Carmichael come in, Arthur Ashe, just to name some, were coming by and helping and supporting all the work we were doing. Gary met with Arthur on Tony Brown Journal Show. It was just Tony Brown and Gary, and they invited Arthur down, and they had this discussion. And it, what was interesting about that was Gary, he was talking about pneumocystis carini pneumonia, which is the opportunistic infection that ultimately killed Arthur. And he and Dr. Robert Cathcart from California, no patient that they had died from pneumocystis carini pneumonia. It was kind of sad to me that Arthur, in my opinion, wouldn't have died from that if he had been on this protocol. Now, fast forward 
Gary, it was a three-day appearance at the Apollo Theater. And Gary was one of the uh, presenters there. Arthur was there. And I remember Gary calling me afterwards saying, Arthur has gotten cachexic, meaning, I mean, he, he was always a thin person, but he had lost even more weight. And uh, he said, if he doesn't do something, he's going to be dead in six weeks. Six weeks later, Arthur died. And I remember speaking to Earl Caldwell, who wrote, who wrote for the Daily News. He knew of my relationship with Arthur. He called me up, and I mentioned with Gary, and there's an article that, that uh, Earl Caldwell wrote saying, it said, Doc, colon, how Ash could have aced AIDS. And he mentioned his work in trying to help Arthur. But Arthur, I think he was reluctant to really try it, even though he said it. And he held, he had a sort of blind allegiance to conventional medicine, despite him wasting away. And it's, it's, it's really sad because I've seen the medical records. Arthur saw the medical records of the people who Cyril converted. Over the course of time, uh, working collaboratively with Dr. Null, uh, we modified our programs uh, and the therapies they were getting to the individual's needs because not everybody is the exact same. Uh, they all did a lot of the same things like healthy organic juices all day long. We had a communal room where they would get their therapies that was more like living in a beautiful tropical rainforest kind of setting. We had psychologists coming in, working with each and every patient to go over their progress and to keep them on track. I'm talking about a holistic dentist, a, a physicians, podiatrists. We had a colon hydrotherapists. We had nutritionists. It was truly the most multidisciplinary, natural approach group that I had ever worked with in my entire life. We had some of the, the, great, the greatest and best minds in, in natural medicine and uh, come in and offer help and support to all these different people. They were all put on various supplemental therapies. Not everybody got the exact same supplements. It was based on their body and their needs. And these were adjusted to the individual by our, um, our, our nutritionist with consultation, um, like uh, Dolores Perry, who was just amazing at medical nutrition. With Gary, what he did was uh, change the person's diet completely, which was what I did. We, uh, st they stopped eating as much as uh, the garbage that they were eating, the sugars and a lot of other things, anything that would lower their immune system. We put them on green juicing, we put them on supplements, and they, w they did remarkably well for those who did, who followed. Not everybody would follow. Let's face it, no, not everybody is going to follow a protocol. But there are those people who did follow the protocol, and there were a few of them that really were fantastic. They were put on many, many different things, and there are a few people that serum converted. But I can't say that everybody did because you're not going to do it because it's too much of a change. Even because they can't equate um, a diet because they've been eating it all their life with sickness. It's an impossibility. It's an impossibility. So that they figure, oh, I've been eating all my life. This is not going to, this is not going to change. But it, it's lifestyle. It's everything that's conne connected with it. And once you make that change, it was remarkable. They became healthy human beings from being at death's door because they came to the Tri-State Healing Center and they worked 
with this amazing group of practitioners. They got intravenous vitamin C in very high doses, as much as 200,000 milligram vitamin C drips, along with intravenous ozone therapy, which I was involved in. Intravenous with what we call major autohemotherapy, where we take out blood, ozonate it, and put it back in. And then eventually direct intravenous ozone therapy, where we would push the oxygen and ozone gas directly in. All these things were done safely as well as effectively. We made sure nobody suffered in any way. And in fact, it was just the opposite. Everybody slowly but surely got well. We watched their lab results so carefully. Every single week, we tested them. Why? Because Dr. Knoll told us, we cannot use anecdotal information. We need to have hard facts. The word got out to the medical community and we started to get on occasion doctors from around the, the United States coming in to see the work that we were doing, such as Dr. Linus Pauling. We had a physician, a very famous physician from the West Coast, Dr. Cathcart, who was intrigued with what Gary was doing. And for two weeks straight, he came every morning at nine o'clock and he left at midnight when I closed the center. And he took all of the protocols back to the West Coast, he reported back to Dr. Null that his patients no longer were dying from any of the pneumocystic carini or Kaposi sarcoma. He said for the first time in his entire career, he saw these patients healing. And he was using high-dose intravenous vitamin C, biooxidative therapy, and most importantly, the lifestyle changes, giving people responsibility for their health and encouraging them and educating them on what it takes to really boost up and heal your immune system. He came in, watched what we were doing, started to use it on his patients, and started to see the reversal of Kaposi's sarcoma and all the lung infections and all the other AIDS-related problems. So we were able to take and train doctors over time in our methods of medicine uh, and protocols that we had collectively uh, put together and they got the same results. This proves that it wasn't just us, but that anybody with this training could get the same results as well. The, I work for 50 years as a research uh, scientist at the Institute of Applied Biology for cancer research, for immunology, and for degenerative diseases, including alcohol, drug addiction, etc. For 33 years, uh, Dr. Garinol was working in the laboratory in the research capacity with uh, the group of researchers that they, we had at the time. His work was uh, in, mainly in anti-aging medicine. He conducted more than 130 uh, experiments at the time. Dr. Knoll present his uh, case uh, that he was treating at the time at his uh, healing center. And uh, with, they were absolutely good results, especially in immune response of the patients. After doing all the tests that was at the time, prevalent. He was uh, discussing a lot with the doctors at the Institute, his approach of treating this uh, disease. 
we set up a whole program at the Institute of Applied Biology where we apply Dr. Garinol's approach of treatment. After four years of treating those patients with repeated blood analysis and everything else, we saw that 10 of those patients that he was working with, they, they were no more uh, seropositive. They were completely in remission and then we continued testing them and they were completely cured. That was around the same time when we were inundated with AIDS cases and were largely unsuccessful in treating them. One physician asked if there was anything you could do and you offered to try. We established IV drip rooms and purchased intravenous vitamin C and other nutrients and the staff implemented your AIDS protocol. Over the next two years, about 10 people with advanced AIDS reversed their HIV status and turned seronegative. All the infections disappeared and they were HIV and AIDS free. I briefly met one of those patients recently and she was still healthy today. I remember when I met with the director and the Institute board members one evening to request that these successes be made more public. They decided to remain silent because it might jeopardize funding. This work was not based on patentable drugs and the advisory board said it would only draw negative attention because it was contrary to standard drug treatments. After the meeting ended, the director shrugged his shoulders and said it would not be the last time that someone accomplished something notable and it would remain relatively unknown to the world. Best regards always, Dr. Ilana Avram, Senior Scientist and Research Fellow. At that time, no one was uh, having such a fantastic results when was the, the worst epidemic of AIDS. As usually, the, the scientific community, mainstream scientific community, they were not agreeable with these natural approaches that we showed them. They never publish it in the, and they never apply it. The problem was that the fear of the big pharma, they were afraid of losing the financial support. That was the reason that they never come out with Dr. Garinol approach with natural non-toxic and so on. Don't forget the big pharma is very much involved in every aspect of your life, even if you don't Look today how many new products for the same thing. It's causing death, but still it's in the market, showing you know how the big pharma is controlling everything. Just a note about this. Elena and her team of scientists, biologists, kept meticulous records for all of their patients. So this wasn't hearsay. This was documented with lab results, with scientific literature, they had all the information. And what's so very curious is that within four years, that entire department was shut down. I can't tell you why. I don't know why. The Institute of Applied Biology is 
funded by Big Pharma. So you would have thought that this information would have been broadcast all over, but it wasn't. For me, on a personal and very professional level, I could not fathom why our federal health authorities, medical doctors such as Anthony Fauci and Robert Gallo, were unwilling to show any interest in what we had achieved. After doing all this work so successfully, we offered a press conference for uh, doctors and scientists from literally around the world to come in and review the work that we were doing, uh, meet our patients, and sh look at all the scientific evidence we had compiled. What apparently happened was there was a complete blackout by news media caused by a, an AIDS group that apparently didn't want to see this end. And um, in the end, we didn't have a single scientist or doctor come in to the press conference that we had set up uh, to bring to the world the wonderful work that Dr. Null had put together and that we had been performing so successfully. It was very, very well promoted to all the media. And he not only invited the people that came from his clinic, he also invited people from all across the United States who were getting natural approaches, who have been getting phenomenal results with regards to reversing and improving their conditions, especially AIDS. And here's the kicker. With all of the people that were there, none of the media showed up. Not one. Why is it that when we have live human bodies, not a Petri dish, who had full-blown AIDS, who were at death's door and medically documented, today are alive and well and completely normal, and no one covers the story? Let's look at some of the alternative therapies, such as oxygen therapy and vitamin therapy and uh, herbalism and uh, uh, some of what we're hearing today. Why are we afraid as a society when our people are dying not to examine new and alternative therapies. Finally, to fight the news blackout that seemed to have occurred, we decided to have an all-day event at one of the largest uh, churches over on the west side of Manhattan. We had over 2,000 people show up, and we invited and paid for dozens, several dozen scientists and doctors to come in, lecture and speak on how everything had worked, what they found, and once again, the news media blocked out this entire happening, this entire um, meeting from the news so that nobody would know that it had occurred and all the benefits that people had achieved. After several years of closely monitoring these eight patients, full recovery from AIDS in addition to post-recovery follow-up, every effort we made to share these protocols and the successes we witnessed a large press conference, articles submitted to peer-reviewed medical journals, and meetings with the gay and AIDS activists and groups was met with silence and disdain. It was as if they didn't want this information to get out. Now understand that our healthcare system, as we know it, is a corporation, it's a corporate model, and it's about generating revenue. My concern was that maybe they couldn't generate enough revenue from these natural approaches.
we had all this information available and that the news media refused to publish this. Bill Tatum, publisher of the Amsterdam News, along with Tony Brown from Tony Brown's Journal and other leading African-American news media came in and started to review our work. They looked at everything very carefully, all the data as well as interviewing all the patients and saw the results that we were getting, proving independently that this was really being done and really being accomplished. While they reported it, for some reason, mainstream media never put the word out and never got the word out to everybody else where it could have done so much good. Gary Null, who says he can now offer evidence that people diagnosed with, quote, AIDS, who have turned to a non-toxic lifestyle, also return to good health. I'm Tony Brown. In a moment, good news about AIDS and HIV. This man has been helped. I brought two other people on your show three years ago. They're both alive and well and continue to remain seroconverted. Now let's talk about this man. Uh, this man, you say, uh, is the benefactor of your protocol. Yes. All right, now we're going to ask him his experience. Then I'd like for you to describe what the protocol was right. uh, that helped him uh, become convert from... Could I mention one thing? Please. I'm sure many people watching, including doctors, are saying, this is nonsense. Well, first, I have no proprietary interest. I've never charged anyone a nickel. That is correct. In fact, in my entire career as a nutritionist and as a health educator, I've never charged a single patient one penny. I have nothing to sell them. I have nothing to make. In fact, when I give my time and energy, it's for free, so it's not proprietary. Secondly, I could just say that this person's been improved, and who's to know otherwise? But you have in your hands medical documents. He has had blood workup done every six months for eight years. So we have before, during, and after blood workups showing from AIDS, not just HIV infection, from AIDS, and one guy who couldn't be here this morning, he's stuck in traffic, we just found out, um, and at some other time you might want to interview him, he had 22 different life-threatening illnesses. He had endocarditis, he had encephalitis, he had Kaposi's sarcoma, he had pneumocystis cranial pneumonia, he was in St. Vincent's Hospital near death on several occasions, and today he is completely healthy also. Now, you were with him, you, you know him, you've seen his records, I have his records, so I would only make statements about people that I have their medical records that are open for people, any, any, well, I asked, you, uh, I asked Al uh, and you to bring medical records along today so whatever statements are made, I would have evidence uh, and presenting them to this audience uh, that there was some type of paper trail, medical right. paper trail, in terms of what you're stating. Now, Al, uh, you, have, you were diagnosed with what is called AIDS in 1989. That's correct. Tell us about yourself. Uh, do you have any idea what caused your immune deficiency? Yes, uh, I was an uh, intravenous drug user uh, back in the early 80s. I must have made contact with the AIDS virus maybe probably 14 years ago. I s stopped using drugs over 10 years ago, intravenous drugs. Was this after you were diagnosed uh, with AIDS? A little before I was diagnosed, I stopped using drugs. Then two years uh, after, I went for a doctor's checkup. Doctor advised me to uh, take a HIV test because I had a swollen lymph nodes glands. Swollen lymph, yes. lymph node? Yes. Uh -huh. And also, I was losing some weight. 
uh, I was getting weak. So I took the uh, HIV test, and it uh, turned out to be positive. So I uh, panicked. I said, wow, I don't want to die. I'm very young. How old were you? Uh, I was like 30, 32 years old. Anyway, uh, I said, I don't want to die. So uh, I started you know, going to the doctors. And uh, the doctor says, well, I took a uh, blood test. My, uh, my uh, T cell count was, uh, was at 800. So that's, that's, that's a pretty good uh, T-cell count. 800. Mm -hmm. So uh, right away he says, take this, uh, well, we're going to give you a prescription of uh, ACT. I said, but, you know, from what I gather, I think I'm pretty healthy still to take these toxic uh, drugs that, you know, you're prescribing me. So uh, I, I just started, like, doing some research. And uh, Dr. Noll was on the air one, one, one day. I was listening to him. There was so much information he was giving out as far as alternative approaches to uh, like AIDS and, and any other uh, diseases we how, get. How long uh, did you stay on AZT? Well, I, he did prescribe me the AZT drug, and I did take it for like uh, a week or two. So you didn't use I it very long? No, I took it for a week or two because I started getting sick off of it. I started getting like blurry vision and I, I started, my body was starting to change. I felt something like taking over my system. Did you get uh, 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 your CD4 count, your blood count after you took the AZT? No, this was before. But after, after you did take it, did, yes. you, uh, did, did your blood count, yes, did your count go down, CD4 yes, count? Yes, it did. Go, what did it, what it, did it go, go down up. to? As a matter of fact, it went down to 600 then. Went from, 800, went from 800 to 600? Yeah. It, it, the, in, in a short period of time? In a short period of time. So uh, I, I just didn't feel good. I just didn't, my body just, I was being drawn. So I, anyway, I, I put the drug in, just put it in the garbage can. I just didn't want to take that. Now, after felt, you uh, got with Dr. Uh, no, uh, and you then got involved in his program using his protocol. Yes. Now, what what happened to you health-wise after you got involved in his program? Well, right after I started doing his protocol, my lymph nodes went down. Now they're completely normal. They're down. I don't feel anything. I had them like for years. How long have they been down? Uh, four years. Four years. Four years. Yeah. And how long did it take after you started the, the program with Dr. No before they went down? It took me about a good six to eight months mm -hmm. since they started. I started like detoxifying my, my, my system and uh, I just uh, improved my health improved. I started, I gained weight for one and uh, I feel great right now. Now these are medical records you brought with you today. That's right. You have 12 copies of my medical records there. What do these medical records Well one prove? is a PCR test. PCR test indicates the viral low level, uh, HIV viral low level, uh, it's negative. What and does that mean? That means that there is no HIV virus in my system. It's out. They can't, re they can't detect it in a blood test. There are many tests that he's taken. It's not just one test. I ask individuals to test uh, when they're at this level almost every two to three months uh, for at least a year. And the reason I do this is because other physicians and public health officials should know that there's good science in the alternative perspective. And it may not 
be a therapy that they're familiar with because they're just not trained in it. But if the results are positive and you can document them and you have good medical blood workups, I mean, the blood workups are done at all the standard labs and uh, the physicians are all board certified physicians who are actually overseeing and administering the actual therapy, then either they say yes or no. But I went one step further. Uh, two years ago, I decided to get all the patients I could find in the country, not just ones I've helped, but any doctor's help. So I called over 600 physicians and I asked them, do you have any patients that you've treated using alternative non-toxic therapies for AIDS? And many did. And I had a press conference in New York City. Uh, we had the scientists, the physicians, and the patients with their medical records, all of which had been pre-reviewed to make sure they met the criteria of having had AIDS, not just HIV infection, but AIDS, and had made major progress, not necessarily to the degree of, of this man, uh, and others where they've actually seroconverted, meaning you cannot find, not only can you not find any HIV in his body now, you can't find antibodies. On our last program on the subject of AIDS, we talked with Steve Atkins, a former HIV positive patient who, according to health department records, has converted to negative. He was introduced to us by nutritionist journalist uh, Gary Null, who was instrumental in Atkins' AIDS treatment. And once again this morning, we're joined by Mr. Null and a HIV positive couple who want to keep their true identities a secret, so we're going to call them uh, Joan and Jack. And later, we'll be joined by Michael Elner. He's the head of a group called HEAL, a group set up to help AIDS patients. Welcome. Thank Harry. you, Bill. Uh, the last time we were here, of course, we had Mr. Atkins on, and uh, he showed his record, and, uh, and things sort of just popped loose since then. We've been getting a lot of phone calls. But before we get into this, this, uh, this interview with, uh, with our other guests today, I'd like to get your view of uh, the latest breakthrough, the headlines uh, in the papers this week. What breakthrough? I mean, we're not in the ice ages. This is an embarrassment. And unfortunately, this is exactly the kind of propaganda that the media has allowed to perpetuate as if this is the most exciting thing happening. Why didn't the media cover the story that ozone in vitro, same test tube, kills the AIDS virus? Linus Pauling's Institute of Virology uh, showed that vitamin C can kill the AIDS virus, uh, the uh, glutathione. There are many, many different things that have been shown to do this. And I'm concerned that people will once again start looking for a drug combination and forget that we have live human bodies who have gone from having AIDS to normal, who've been HIV positive, who've never converted into AIDS, and who have gone from HIV positive to seronegative. I have two of those here. Now, this should make a headline. This won't get any attention. But in a test tube, suddenly that makes headlines. To me, that's absurd. We get to our guests today. Uh, we'll call them Jack and Joan because they do not want to be identified. And uh, we're going to talk to them about their conditions, and uh, then maybe you can tell us what's being done to help All right. them. Uh, to our guests who are in silhouette, Jack and Joan, when did you discover that you were HIV positive? Uh, I would say about a year and a half, two years. And I might point out that you're married. You're yes. both married. Yes. Uh -huh. Now, what led to that discovery? Um, well, for a while, I was feeling sick. I was, at one time, I was using recreational drugs for a while. And um, for a while, I started feeling myself really uh, physically tired, uh, lost of weight. I uh, didn't have much energy. And uh, I, I figured maybe because of my lifestyle in the past, I, I decided to take the test uh, to find out that I was positive. And uh, did your wife uh, decide to do the same thing? Did you tell her you were positive and 
then, then she went and took the same test? Uh, yes, I found out first, and when I found out I was positive, I, I told my wife to get tested because I had the fear that she was positive. Now, how long ago was this? This was about... About a year and a half. About a year, year and, and a half. half. Okay, and you started taking what kind of treatment? I had went to uh, a doctor, and they prescribed AZT. And I was on AZT for approximately six weeks, and uh, I didn't feel much of a change. In fact, I, I, I was still tired. I still had the weight loss. Um, I, I was hearing a lot of negative things about it, as well as feeling negative things about it. And I, I had attended a seminar and decided to get off the AZT, and uh, I took a nutritional route. And I just made a big change in my diet. Um, big change in my diet, big change in my lifestyle. I had cut out a lot of things, and um, it, it's, it seemed to help a lot. I started feeling a lot better. Now, what's the prognosis for both of you today? Well, uh, I just want to say that I started out, you know, the first thing they tell you to do is to have your, your cell count taken, and I, I went from a 600, which is below normal, to 1,000, which is a a normal cell count for anyone who is even not HIV um, in, I guess, you know, uh, uh, less than a year. Um, I, too, well, we, we went to Gary's seminar and cut out everything as far as anything that would be bad for you, sugar, caffeine, drinking, smoking. Um, I even stay away from passive smoke. Um, we, we just follow a very, very healthy diet, and uh, I, I can honestly say I, I feel in, in well health. A lot to absorb, I understand, but the evidence is overwhelming. And why is it that no one ever interviewed from the mainstream media Bill Tatum, Bill McCrary, Tony Brown, Earl Caldwell, Doug Henderson, and others? Why did no one from the medical associations or the scientific community ask the dozens of African-American physicians to give their input? Not once. Another thing, I was asked by Bill Tatum would I come up to Harlem to the Apollo Theater to talk about AIDS and the holistic protocols, and I said I'd be happy to. I didn't know when I went up there that there were so many people we had to do three straight written days and not a seat was available. It's like 1,600 people three times. But I didn't know how it was planned. I thought it was just going to go up, be introduced, go out on stage and talk, answer questions. And instead, they had an hour and a half prior to inviting me up, they invited all these African-American physicians who have been to the center were using my protocols and getting outstanding results within the African-American community. So it was no secret within the African-American community I was helping people with AIDS because the doctors were there. And then I recognized many of them. And there were dozens that were introduced. Finally, they introduced me. And then the audience was Arthur Ashe, and there were a lot of famous people in the audience. And, but not a word of this ever ended up in the mainstream media. How is that possible? How is it possible when someone who's not a politician, not an entertainer, is just getting up to talk about AIDS and fills the Apollo Theater three state days. It would have gone beyond that, but I had to go out on tour, and so I couldn't be there on the fourth, fifth, mm -hmm. next two weeks. And not a word of that goes into the mainstream media. That's not by accident. So that's it for today.
Thank you very much for taking your time. And please, what can we do to stop the lies? What can we do to prevent more people from suffering and dying needlessly? We can say no to them and push back. Share this documentary. Share it. All right? Have a nice day. Brother, brother, there's far too many of you dying. You know 